Hi, I'm Betty Long, and welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. During season two, we are delving in deeper to the amazing lives and stories of nurses and other healthcare professionals from around the country. We will also be talking with a few of my nurse advocate colleagues at Guardian Nurses, and on occasion, even some real live patients. You'll get a behind the scenes peek at the healthcare system, as well as get advice on how to get the best care when you or a loved one is a patient. Joining me on this episode are Gina Russell and Lori Jacobs, two nurses from Survival Flight, whom I had the honor of meeting during their transport in August of my dear friend and nurse executive, Karen Kirby, a nurse for 50 years. Survival Flight is the critical care transport program of the University of Michigan, which provides rapid and safe transport of critically ill and injured patients of any age group. During our time together, flying from Michigan to Boston, I got a tiny glimpse into their career as transport nurses, their clinical skills, their confidence, and their compassion. Transport nursing, which includes helicopters, fixed-wing aircraft, as well as ground transportation like ambulances, is a unique specialty, and there are hundreds of programs, a good percentage of which are associated with teaching university hospitals like the University of Michigan. So let's get started. Lori, Gina, a warm welcome to you both. Thank you for joining us. Um, ladies, uh, happy Friday. Yeah, yeah you thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's, yep, great absolutely. To, it's great to connect with you both again. Um, so we're talking about flight nursing. I wanted to talk a little bit about the University of Michigan's survival flight program, upon which you both work. Um, how long has it been around? It first started in 1983 wow. is when um, they first started. Um, and back then, um, we had a smaller aircraft um, along with, um, I mean, the things have changed tremendously throughout the decades and change for the care of the patients to better serve them and to provide them even top-notch care throughout the years because we needed to change those aircrafts as well as the personnel on board. Now, we have always flown nurse, nurse, and also back then we would fly um, physicians as well. Um, But they actually did a study that there was no difference in the mortality rate with um, nurse, nurse, or nurse, if, or if there is a physician on board. So that's why our patients are so complex compared to others. Okay. That is why we choose to fly nurse, nurse, where all other programs, I would say at least 80% of the programs, fly a nurse paramedic or nurse RT or some other type of configuration. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and you said they changed the aircraft. So uh, the one that we flew in was a Learjet, correct? Well, that is, that correct. is yeah. that, that is correct, but that is actually, um, and, and I'm sorry, um, so that's our airplane, and um, we initially started out as a helicopter program, oh, okay. and then as we expanded, then we got a Cessna Citation, and then so that we could go to the UP, um, because that's part of, you know, obviously the state of Michigan, and we couldn't make it there in the smaller aircrafts. So that's why we obtained a fixed wing, um, and we got the fixed wing later on in the years. 
Oh, okay. So it was initially a helicopter transport. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, okay. And in 1983, you said, Lori. That's that's a yes, long yes. time. It's almost 40 years. That had to I be know, one I was of the nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> we can do math, Gina. <laughs> right. We can do math. <laughs> right. um, I, I was leaving that one alone. Because <laughs> I was just starting my career back then. <laughs> wow. So for, it must have been one of the earlier programs. Yes. Yeah, it was one or of the was, first. I think it was Michigan's first. Wow. That's great. Yeah, it's great. And and I love that. And you, you guys pointed out that to me, the maze and uh, maze and blue. Uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty impressive sight when the when the helicopter and the and the plane are visible. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And you had the privilege of seeing both. Yes, so. I did. I did. Um, all right. Let's let's talk a little bit about you guys, because I wanted to get you. Uh, I was fascinated uh, by your careers, um, just, you know, by your landing, no pun intended, landing at the um, survival flight program. You're both critical care nurses, right? Gina, how did you land at survival flight? Uh, well, I have been a nurse at the University of Michigan since 2001. Um, worked as a tech a little bit before that, um, had always kind of learned about flight nursing when I was in nursing school and fell in love with it, the whole idea of it. So when I started at the University of Michigan, I knew that someday I wanted to fly. So I just kind of tailored my career, starting off in the trauma ICU, then moving on to the pediatric ICU, and then eventually making the decision that seven years ago I applied and thankfully they hired me. So, wow. So you so you knew early on you were you were kind of directing as you said I did. directing. I'd always um knew in high school I wanted to do nursing and I was really drawn to the critical care and the emergency mm-hmm. um kind of care and then always loved flying. My grandfather was a pilot, a couple of my cousins are pilots and Okay. When I found out about flight nursing and that that could be combined um, it just, it hooked me and I was hooked. So that's great. It took that's me great. a little longer than I wanted. Um, but having kids <laughs> in the mix kind of delayed my transition to the flight crew, but seven years ago I did it. So that's great. That's great. How about you, Laura? You're, you're the veteran on this duo, right? Um, yes. Um, so I've been a nurse, um, back when, um, Gina was just, um, growing up. Um, <laughs> with that said, um, I started my career back. I mean, so the program that was near me was a program in Ohio. And they always said that there's a huge waiting list for flight nursing and it's almost impossible to get in. So I started my career by um, taking care of anything and everything and being challenged. So I used to be a, flo- a float. And so I have a little bit of experience with everything. I'd float to urology, cardiology, peds. But I ended up by being in a peds ICU because they were so short staffed. And we actually then did ground transports. So I've been in the transport world since 1987. Wow. Um, and we would do, um, we would, take a nurse, a respiratory therapist, um, and also a um, critical care pulmonary fellow with us on all transports to get kids. And we would go anywhere from like about a four-hour drive. We didn't fly back then because our physicians didn't want to. You know, they didn't think it was safe. Okay. So with that said, um, then, you know, if we could not fix our kids towards probably the 90s, 
um, the early 90s, we would call Survival Flight or University of Michigan to come get our sick of our sickest kids that okay. we could no longer take care of. So um, I've always been kind of interested in it. And then the hospital that I spent 25 years at, right before I left, they got a helicopter program. So I started out my um, helicopter flight nursing with them. And in the interim, I also have done international fixed wing. Okay. Um, but I've been with University of Michigan, it will be 20 years in about another year um, wow. doing, wow. you know, transportation nursing there. So going by air, by ground, and I've done a few other helicopter programs in between that. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. That's <laughs> what a career. What a career. Mm-hmm. So, Lori, you're the, t- tell us, you know, uh, what a flight nurse does, right? I mean, since you've been doing it for all that time, tell us what a, a typical day or what a flight nurse does? Um, well, what a typical flight nurse does is when we first come into work is we need to check in, make sure that we have our functioning equipment. Um, and we come in and, you know, you come in in preparation. So your preparation starts from, you know, your knowledge base. You have to have initially the foundation. And then with that said, you know, whatever call comes in, you have to pull some of that knowledge from deep down inside. And then how I approach every patient is what's going to be my worst case scenario for that day. So let's say it's an intubated patient. My worst case scenario is the tube becomes dislodged, I have a difficult airway, and then he dies. And then my goal is that never happens. So... um, We are um, very safe. We look at weather. We look at many different things. Um, A lot of people think that we can just fly in any type of weather, but that's not it. That's why we do have an airplane, and there are limitations to the airplane. There's even limitations to the ground because at the end of the day, Gina and I want to go home to our families. So, um, but a typical day is we, we go get the sickest of the sick or they're near the only other option is, is death. And we um, bring a part of the university to whoever that patient may be. And we work our magic and we are not on a time frame like most programs, most programs they go there and they hurry up, load the patient and get them to their destination. One thing about our program is we are in no hurry. If we have to be there for 12 hours, we have been there for 12 hours, but we are going to do what's the best and safest to get that patient back to the university and, and give them a fighting chance. Great. Yeah. And and that's, uh, that's well put uh, safety first, right. For everybody. Yeah. Always. Gina, uh, tell me about like, uh, based on the seven years, right? So how many hours, I know you say that you and Lori don't often connect, right? But but how many hours yeah. do flight nurses work? Like, what's a typical schedule? So our schedule at the university, we do 10 shifts in three weeks. So two of those weeks will be three 12-hour shifts, and the third week being a four 12-hour shifts. So it kind of equals out to 40 hours a week. Okay. We can, however, work up to 16 schedule. Say, you know, there's a call in and we have to cover part of a shift. Uh, We can't schedule over 16, but there are days, um, like yesterday for me, where you get that late transport, and you sometimes are 14-plus hours on a transport, and we finish it out. Okay. Um, Those are rare, but they do happen. And is it day shift, night shift? 
Do you flip between day shift and night shift? Uh, Lori and I are both rotators. Uh, We do have some top members on the crew that are top seniority. Seniority in the hospital plays a lot where we fall that do straight days. There are others that do straight nights. Um, And then some of us, like Lori and I, choose to rotate between days and nights. Mostly we're on days, but we do get our stretch at nights. So that's sometimes hard for us to flip back and forth. Especially oh, with yeah. families and personal definitely. lives. Definitely, yeah, definitely. So when you when you show up um, to uh, uh, to the what to the wing or to the um, what is it called um, the hangar? Livingston I guess county. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So you, so you go in and there's nothing. Uh, you know, there's no calls at that point, and you're just sitting and and uh, you're probably sometimes studying. Sometimes there and, is. Oh, okay. Well, sometimes there's a call when you walk in the door, and sometimes you'll go your whole day, and we don't go anywhere. So in between when we're not flying, um, there's a lot of stuff that we have to keep up on education-wise. We carry point-of-care ultrasounds. Um, It's like a little tablet. So we have to keep up on that and practice and check off every three months. A lot of us work on projects um, above and beyond flying, Okay. whether it's quality management, um, doing our EMS charting. Uh, One of our guys works on all the protocols, making sure those are up to date. So we work on that. Um, We like to visit our patients in the hospital if we can. We'll do follow-up with outside hospitals and physicians, you know, when we've done calls and check up on patients. That's great. And then we do tours and PRs. And, you know, there's a lot of nursing students at U of M that get excited and want to come down and talk to us, um, respiratory (laughs) therapy students. And we'll talk to them about it and show them the aircraft and kind of show them around. (laughs) That's great. You're recruiting. You're a marketing specialist and a critical care nurse. There's a few (laughs) that I've seen. And, you know, a couple of years ago, the one graduated and I just saw her the other day. She's like, I'm in the ICU now. I'm like, so... Who knows? Someday she'll be like LD you. and ice replacement. Like, That's yeah. right, right. That's Just right. like the, the light in her eyes went off, right? You saw yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what certifications do you need, Lori, to be a flight nurse? Um, so with our program, you have to be a paramedic as well because the helicopter and airplane is considered an ambulance. And part of the state rules, and this is actually for every almost every state, but other states, they have um, paramedics that are just paramedics on the program. But since we fly nurse-nurse, we both have to be paramedic to meet the license, the state requirements. Okay. With that said, we could even fly with a physician. It doesn't matter. Because it's considered an air ambulance, a paramedic has to be on board. So you need to have your paramedic. Uh, um, that's okay. a given. So we're dual licensed as far as a registered nurse and paramedic. And then we have to have our ACLS, our PALS, our NRP. And since we're also a CAMES accredited program and we want to be, um, you know, CAMES has different, the future will be different tier levels. So to show that we're all not the same. So we want to be the highest tier level possible. And with that said, you have to be CCRN and CFRN um, certified as well. And then we also um, do burn. We do also um, ATLS. We also have to, every four years, do water egress. Um, I mean, the the list is probably about a total of 10 things, and I'm sure I'm missing something on top of 
the regular hospital stuff like HIPAA and right. fire safety and CPR right. and stuff like that. Right. So for, for our listeners who aren't nurses, uh, the critical care. So those certifications that Lori mentioned are uh, certifications that uh, require additional uh, training and additional education uh, and testing. Mm-hmm. Right. So the CCRN, the yeah. CC, uh, CCFN, so flight nurse. Is that what that? C- okay, CRFN. Okay, got it. Uh, and all the other additional training is uh, just in in on top of all, all the critical care experience that you have. So uh, you're flying at least at the University of Michigan with some very experienced nurses and very talented nurses. Um, is is there a weight limit for flight nurses? I know there was some discussion of of you know baggage when when we were loading uh, Karen on. Um, and all the other things, but is there a weight limit for like helicopter travel? Some programs do. Go ahead, Lori. You can explain this better. Um, um, Some programs do. Um, We don't. They can't um, because of our union can't necessarily enforce a weight limit. However, to some degree there is because you have to be able to do the job and maneuver around in a tiny spot and get in and out of the aircraft. Um, so there's not a hard and set limit for our right. program, but it is highly encouraged to be in, you know, be in shape and be able to be more of a normal size yeah. um, because of the demands of the job. I mean, you're yeah. carrying equipment and pushing a patient. And like I said, climbing in and out of an aircraft, yeah. doing things in small spaces that in an ICU, you have all the space in the world sometimes. Right. So, yeah, and and having so experience that with with the flight to, with Karen, uh, it definitely is a small space that you guys are working on. In sorry, yeah. Um, okay, well, so it, well, one go ahead, thing is, is to keep in mind, even though we don't have a weight limit, and what people need to keep in mind is we do have a girth limit, including we have had um, a couple um, physicians and nurses that could not fit in the seatbelt. And if they cannot fit in the seatbelt, that's a safety hazard. So therefore, if they, they cannot, they would not be able to partake into um, being a flight nurse or flight physician if they cannot fit in the seatbelt. Well, so, so we do have limitations, yeah. but it's more of a girth limitation versus a weight limitation. Okay, that's good distinction. Um, all right, so yeah, here, here's... Here's a question. In nursing, um, like in other fields, we, we, we often know that there are profiles, right, of specific nursing specialties, you know, the OR nurse, the critical care nurse, the, you know, the PEDS nurse. <laughs> so when, when, when you think of a flight nurse, what personality traits um, come, come to mind? Lori, I'll, I'll ask oh, you very first. Type A. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, all right, Gina. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. Let Lori. Nope. Let Lori go. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to jump in there. What? No, we're all type A, we're all, um, um, you know, very assertive. Some of them are aggressive. We don't like to be wrong. Um, we like <laughs> to make sure that we're doing greater than 100% of our best. Um, we, we, we can take criticism, but don't think um, deep down underneath our skin, it, we're, we're learning from it, but at the same time, we're 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 our worst critic. Uh, okay, okay, and that's, that's an understatement. Yeah. All right, Gina. How about you? Did you want to add something? 
No, it's everything Lori just said. Yeah, we're <laughs> just, we don't like to be wrong and we're very hard on ourselves and we analyze everything just because we want to be right and we want to do it right. Yeah, well, you you have you have important work, so I, I imagine that the right. you know the the pilot is is taking care of the plane, but your responsibility is the patient. So I imagine I right, appreciate right. that you want to be you want to be a hundred percent, more than a hundred percent. Right. Um, right. All right. So so Lori, uh, we're going to defer to you as the senior member. But what advice or counsel would you offer to a nurse uh, that is coming in to visit uh, that might be thinking about flight nursing? Um, well, I've had this conversation multiple times because we do um, try to format a recipe for those um, newer nurses that want to become a flight nurse. And the thing is, is this job, we handle anything from zero to 102 age groups, and we handle anything that walks through the door. So an option for our day today work is, well, I've never done that before. So we can't do it. That's not an option. The option is, okay, let me pull the knowledge from somewhere. Let me do some research. We're always looking at things that we've never heard before, and um, we have to manage that care. Now, we get used to some of the same diagnoses, but um, so what I tell a new nurse is, in fact, a lot of new nurses think it's part of, you know, putting on the flight suit and looking pretty for the day. It's not about looking pretty um, because when you wear a helmet, you're not going to have a good hair day. Um, if you are <laughs> stuck at a scene call and you're getting bloody and dirty because you're in a ditch, um, trust me, um, I've had, you know, squeezing blood into a patient. The blood when I had the bag broke and I seriously looked like Carrie. I had blood all over my face and all over my suit. Wow. If you are worried about being pretty all day, this is not the job for you because <laughs> it, it's, it's not. well put. We're, we're, we're here to actually, um, you, you don't know what your day is going to bring, and, and you just have to be prepared for that moment. And the other thing is, is not everybody is going to have the tools and equipment you need. And then it's a lot of MacGyvering. It's a lot of creative thinking. It's a lot of like, wait a minute. I've done this before. Let, give me two seconds to think. Let me pull it up, uh, pull it out of you know my toes. But let's do it. Um, so I tell them to go ahead and get the most experience they possibly can, and not at um, a local ER, but at a teaching hospital. And make sure you take the hardest patients always that walk through the door. So take the hardest one in the ICU. Take the hardest one in the ER. Always, always ask questions like, why are you doing that? So you can put two and two together and understand the rationale. Because at some point, that's going to be a benefit to you when you go on that transport and your partner has never, never dealt with that before. Um, it's just work in, work and, and gain as much knowledge because you can learn stuff in the book, but you're going to remember it if you apply it. Gina, tell me, I know you've had hundreds of flights uh, also, and you've transported hundreds of patients, but are there any mm -hmm. flights uh, along the way in the last seven years that have stuck with you and, and why? Uh, there's quite a few. Um, one in particular, of course, this day I was going to have another coworker come in early for me because it was my niece's um, birthday. Okay. And, you know, we don't make plans after work because that's when you get the late transport. Right, right. Sure enough, 
my partner and I went up for this young lady who has had lupus. Um, she was very sick, and basically she was in severe cardiogenic shock. Her heart was barely working. We walked in, and she looked like she should be not with us anymore, but she was still talking. And we drew a blood gas on her, and her PO2 was in the high 20s, low 30s. Whoa. And, and that is the um, oxygen, which, right? So for... For those who yeah, so it's okay. extremely dangerously low. And how she was awake and talking, I seriously have no idea. Um, so my partner and I knew we had an hour flight back, um, and she was not safe to transport unless we intubated. But knowing mm-hmm. that if we intubated her, she may never be extubated because she was so far along in what was mm-hmm. going on. Um, my partner and I were the last two to talk to her. Uh, we intubated her for the flight. In fact, she was sassy and giving me a hard time. I better not remember this or I'm going to have words with you. And I said, <laughs> that's fine. You better tell me because that means I did something wrong. I'm coming to visit you tomorrow okay. and you can tell me all about it. Um, well, we flew her back without incident. We got her intubated. Um, normally an ER to ER transport, we're in and out 20 minutes, sometimes less, maybe a few minutes more. We were at the bedside for three hours trying to stabilize her. Wow get her in a good spot to fly. Uh, We got her back down, and the next morning they withdrew care. So that was hard because I was one of the last people to talk to her. And she was great. Um, Her mom was wonderful. The family was wonderful. Um, That was hard. That was one of the harder ones. I had a hard time with that. She had been dealing with lupus for a while. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sure that's why it stuck with you. Lori, do you have uh, the hundreds of patients that you've transported? Do you have a few or one that sticks with you? Um, Yes, I I actually um, have um, a couple, but I I think probably the one most significant is, and I'm one that um, I, I really like to be impactful, which I think Gina can attest to that. So um, my partner and I, it was the hottest day of the year, and we went to another hospital, and um, this person went in in her um, late 40s, early 50s for elective cardiac cath, and she couldn't stop going into V-fib arrest. In fact, they counted like almost in the 8, 16-hour shift during the night, you know, like 25 times. So now it's time for her to go to the university because nobody can figure out why she keeps on doing this. Okay. So, um, and there was a new nurse that was taking care of her at the other hospital. And again, and this is, this is another thing is I, I would love to be able to teach people that when we come to get these sick of the sickest patients, we just don't unplug everything, throw them on our back and walk out the door. We do a lot of planning. We do a lot of, we can't run out of medications. We And that nurse at the bedside started to let those medicines, you know, go dry. And she was on major pressors, levofed, vasopressin, everything. And it's like, um, I, I'm still getting report and we're still trying to get organized. And you better go get the crash cart because something's going to happen really bad and it's not going to be good. So, and the other thing is, is there some things as an ICU nurse they think is important, like um, tube feeds? Well, tube feeds is the last thing we want our patients to have. So, some people will take offense that our care is so different as a flight nurse than it is as at a bedside nurse. But people just need to understand that there, there's reasonings for what we do. There's a lot of reasonings and a lot of education. 
Um, so with that said, um, this lady, it took us probably about three hours to stabilize her to the point where I called our cardiologist that was accepting at the university. I go, I don't know what else to do for her. So what do you suggest? And he's like, it's your choice, Lori. So you either bring her back or you don't, but that's your choice. And I go, okay, I'm going to bring her back, but you better have be there at that bedside when I arrive because this has been horrible. He's wow. like, deal. So we got to the ICU 10 after 6. We were supposed to get off at 5. We started the transport, I think, at 10 a.m. Um, and, and Gina can probably contest when we get to the other ICUs and we have all the extra help. It's like a relief. Yeah. You know, and oh, she yeah. needed to be a little bit, a little bit resuscitated. And um, the next day I went to go visit her and she was extubated, doing great. Um, I'm at the foot of her bed, almost like in tears and her family's there. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. And, of course, she's looking at me like, well, who is this woman? Right, that right. Standing on the <laughs> at Why are you crying? <laughs> yeah. And, um, of course, her family is like, well, this is the one who saved you. And I go, well, it wasn't just myself. You know, it it takes a whole village here. Right. And, um, but I ended up by doing a my first um, conference um, presentation on her and presented it as differentials of um, cardiac arrest. Okay. And then she showed up at the end and I got a standing ovation wow. for wow. the presentation. So and wow. Gina was in, in the audience. I was. And, I was um, not even a flight nurse yet. I was still a wannabe and I was at that conference oh, and there wow. wasn't a dry eye in the room for that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Jeez. What, Lori, what was it that, you know, what was that the difference at getting to the university? What happened? Like, what did they figure out? Um, wow, now you're going to really take me back. Oh. Um, it was something, and it was something that they, um, once they stopped it, um, it, um, it stopped irritating her heart. I can't honestly remember what it was, but they were thinking that she would need to be on ECMO and stuff. But it's, oh, I think it was cooling. They kept her cooled um, because she kept on having those full arrest and then they would get rost. So, the, you know, the modern medicine is you cool them. Well, she was so cold that it was disturbing her to have a stable rhythm. And wow. once they made her... Nor you know, Norma Thermic, um, they were able to extubate, wean everything off, and they wow. went and did another cardiac cath on her. It was perfectly clean, and like I said, she was at one of our conferences wow. with her two beautiful daughters and her sister, <laughs> and they got to be able to describe what it's like to be on the family side and seeing this. Wow, that is amazing. That's a great story. She was so cold that her heart was in a going into arrhythmia. Wow. Yeah, but it just wasn't um, doing what it was supposed to be doing. But once we warmed her, everything turned back to normal. Wow, what I can see why that would stay with you. Wow, that's a great story. Well, you, I'm sure you both have great stories, and I know Gene and I have talked about that uh, privately, just in terms of the the patients and the impact that you have. And you know, you you don't often get to see them again. I'm glad that they're coming to University of Michigan, where you can visit them again. Um, right. Well, all right. Actually, so my I have, patient from go, go, go ahead, ahead, Gina. Go ahead. No, no. 
No, I just, one quick one. I went to visit a patient yesterday by flu Sunday and I got to shake his hand and it was pretty cool yesterday. Yeah. He was not awake on Sunday and oh. he shook my hand yesterday. So that was cool. Yeah, I would imagine like what Lori was saying, like when patients see you again, they're like, who are you? Where did you come from? You know, yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I, don't forget, I'm the one who flew you. Um, all right. I have two, <laughs> two, two fun questions for you to, to end. Um, so what do flight nurses do for fun when you're not waiting for transport? For fun, not, not you know, not testing, not reading, not looking things up. Do you have anything at the, at the office or the um... hangar for fun? Sometimes we'll do potlucks. We'll grill out um, at the one hangar. We have a grill. We can grill out, um, watch movies, just sit and chat, <laughs> tell war stories, be okay. silly. <laughs> good, good, good. How about you, Laura? Um, well, you know, the, before we started getting more equipment, we used to have a ping pong table. Ah. Um, but we don't have that anymore. And we would even, at that time, we'd have the mechanics and the pilots play as well. So uh, okay. I kind of miss those days because with our um, type A personalities, you know, we all like to win. Nobody likes to lose. It would be um, quite enjoyable, quite fun. But, um, yeah. I'm sure some but, of the yeah. folks were wishing for a flight to come because they were getting, you know, beat and <laughs> ping pong. Yeah. Oh, too bad. We got to yeah. go. <laughs> Uh, all right, last Absolutely. question. Last question. Um, so with all the excitement and, and the adrenaline, that you're, you know, being a flight nurse, how do you both, uh, and I'll ask Gina first, how do you relax after a hard day work? I come home and hang out with the family, an occasional beer or two, um, okay. hanging out with friends, bonfires, just not being at or thinking about work, just okay. making the most of being at home. Good. How about you, Laura? Well, so... Um, my drive home is a way for me to de-escalate by the time I get home. So I have anywhere from a 45-minute to an hour drive back to my home. And then um, it's not so much the day um, to relax after a hard day because I think sometimes we, we still think about what could I have done different, what could I have done better, um, a lot of times Gina and I will, or even some of the other flight nurses, we will discuss how how could we improve what we just did. So it's kind of hard to relax that day. So my relaxation is my next day off where it's a full day of body abuse. So I will play pickleball. I will play racquetball. I will clean my house. So the more <laughs> physical I can be, the more that my um, – these leave from the next day. And I'm like, Gina, too, I, I don't, you know, the people that I hang around with down where I live, it, we, it's not, we don't talk about work. It's not a work subject. Okay. You know, I, 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 I don't want to live work every single day. Right. Yeah, no, no I mean, it, with some of the, with some of the images that you probably have in your brain, you, you wouldn't want to. Mm -hmm. um, you'd want yeah, to keep those, no. keep the ones that where the, where the woman's talking to you and you're crying at the end. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Keep those positive images. Well, ladies, thank you um, so much for, for joining me and for, I, I'm so proud to have met you and admire your work so much. Uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, I hope that thank perhaps, you for having us. yeah, somebody who's listening to the yeah. podcast may, you know, may want to be a flight nurse someday. So you might be touching yeah, people's cool lives. Job. Yeah, it's a cool, it's I, definitely. I, 
I hope so because there's definitely, a, you know, a shortage of really good, you know, flight nurses or candidates. And um, as, like I said, there used to be a waiting list. There's not a waiting list. There's a huge need for that type of nursing to be out there. And, um, you know, I, I really hope that they seriously think about it and please come and join us. I mean, we, we get, it, it's hard work, but we also get a lot of benefits too and rewards. Right. So I think it balances out, but um, no, it's been a pleasure as well, Betty. And, you know, I, like I told Gina, I go, it was meant to be that we connected. Yes, I think yes. so. That so. was a good day. Yeah, it was a good day all around. Um, and, and the, um, what is the website for the survival flight program? University of Michigan survival flight, or you can okay. type in survival flight, University of Michigan, Michigan medicine. There's two survival flights in the country. Ours is with the maize and blue helicopter. Of course. Okay. <laughs> great way yeah. to end. Thank you, ladies, very much. And please stay safe uh, and have a great Thank fall. Thank you. Uh, be in touch. Thank right. you, too. Okay. Thank take you. care. Bye. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.